I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Hello, uh, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion. Uh, uh, it's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion, not just recording my basement. A bit that's gotten real old. It was a fun thing to do at first. Oh, I'm going to throw some sound effects in, and I'm going to uh, take you on a journey as if I'm a rich person uh, in my home just reading, which just sounds pretty boring. But, uh, man, this has been going on for a long time. I think I need a new, a new thing. Maybe it's uh, Glenn Nuzzles reads to you from outer space and I get new sound effects. I have no idea. But this is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. This week, oh, we're going to continue to read uh, Castle of Terror by Caroline Farr. It's a gothic horror novel first published in August of 1975. Uh, normally I read something about the author, but since the author doesn't exist... Uh, there's nothing to read. Uh, most of the titles for Horowitz Publications Gothic series were written between 1966 and 1977. Beautiful golden years. By, quote, Caroline Farr, a pseudonym of Australian writer Richard Wilkes Hunter, uh, though other writers were known to use the Caroline Farr house name. Uh, can't get over that. I just love the idea of a house name. I'm going to figure out one for myself here in my, my home, but until then, I'm just going to call myself Caroline Farr around the house. Tell my daughters, uh, do you want Caroline Farr to drive you to school this morning? Uh, until I figure out my own. Uh, but beyond that, I have nothing to, to, to read about authors, so I decided I've got a new theme. Authors who were dicks. Well, let's get started. This is from Grunge.com article. George Orwell. Politically speaking, George Orwell was a socialist. But while he had left-leaning politics, Orwell straight-up hated the Soviet Union. Ah, uh, the, this, is, this is their writing, not mine. The dude despised totalitarianism and couldn't stand communism. I guess you got a website called grunge.com. You, you really want to be cool. Uh, for proof, just take a glimpse at his two classic works, Animal Farm and uh, 1984. These two novels absolutely tore the USSR a new one. God, I hate this writer. But even though Orwell hated dictators and overbearing bureaucracies, I could say it, uh, that didn't stop the English author from selling out his fellow writers and artists to a powerful government agency. In the 1940s, Orwell did uh, some work for the United Kingdom's Foreign Office, specifically for a group called the Information Research Department. That's IRD. In true Orwellian fashion, that innocuous-sounding name belonged to a department that specialized in churning out propaganda. The IRD's job was to smear the Soviets. So Orwell wanted to make sure that they didn't hire anyone with communist sympathies, taking aim at some high-profile names. Orwell drew up a list of writers and influential people he believed sided with the Soviets. 
he then handed the blacklist over to the IRD. Oh, it's a pretty dirty move, uh, especially for a man whose entire career was about taking down Big Brother. But it seems uh, like a lot of authors and actors wound up on Orwell's list because they were black, uh, Jewish, or gay. While they didn't have the impact of Joseph McCarthy, Orwell proved himself to be a first-class jerk and a horrible hypocrite who might do a fine job working uh, for the Thought Police. Uh, I still got a little bit of time. I want to read about P.L. Travers. Saving Mr. Banks uh, was a pretty shocking look at the prickly hostile creator behind Mary Poppins, and like most movies, it left out something important. Long before she became the famous author, Pamela Lyndon Travers, she became, uh, well, she was primarily raised by her aunts, and even though she grew up in Australia, she was obsessed with Ireland. Oh, she inherited the obsession from her father, uh, says the new statesman, and when she was old enough to set out on her own, she headed to the Emerald Isle and fell in with Dublin's literature scene uh, and met Yeats, but eventually settled in London. Fast forward through more travels in her first book, and Travers decided she wanted a child, but not just any child, an Irish one. Oh, she contacted a friend of Yeats who had acquired twin grandchildren that uh, he didn't want to raise himself. Lame. Oh, there was a catch, though. Her astrologer told her uh, to take only one twin. So she did, and she named him Camillus and never told him about the other twin. And according to the Irish Examiner, Travis uh, dealt with him by uh, consulting mystics and gurus. Camillus found out about the older brother when he was 17, and he showed up on the doorstep. The boys were devastated by their separation uh, and a lifetime of being lied to, and both eventually became alcoholics and died young. So... The person destroyed the lives of two people, and George Orwell destroyed the lives of many people. So authors can be dick. Oh, thank God. Well, with that, uh, why don't we move on to reading the story? There you are. Come on, get settled down here in the library, and uh, we'll continue reading. Uh, what's that? Oh, my trip to Italy. It was fine. Uh, we flew from Minneapolis straight to France, uh, and that short time that I was the, in the French airport, which is the, uh, the De Gaulle airport, the worst airport ever created on Earth. You can't find anything, and it's ridiculous. And if you're Put in one gate, you have to take two buses to get to the other parts of the airport. Two buses to get to your gate. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and also, just in that short period, those handful of hours that I had to be there and I'd get on a French plane, dicks. All of them. Not a single nice one. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating. I had to give my passport to a man uh, to get on the plane uh, and he looked like he was, he literally had his head on his arms, like he was slumped over on his desk. So I walked up and I sat there staring at him and I kind of tapped on the window and he looked up and he got pissed. He slapped his hand on the table and held his hand out and I gave him my passport and then he looked at it and he stamped it. He told me to move on and then I was like, okay, thanks. And he waved me like, move on, get out of here. So, okay, fine. Then I get on the plane and the guy's a dick because he says, you're not wearing the right kind of mask so you can't get on this plane. I'm like, you kidding me? Where do I get a mask? Like, back in the airport. I'm like, I'm not going to go back in the airport. This mask is fine. It's been fine the whole time. So, dicks. French assholes. Got to Italy. 
It's fine. People in Italy are fine. Uh, I was even at a bar with Wanda's uh, husband, uh, and uh, we we met other uh, Italian men. And we sat around having a good time drinking and stuff and got too drunk. It was kind of embarrassing. But, uh, oh, man, they were nice people. So Italians, great. French, horrible. Uh, Well, with that, why don't we dive into the story? Chapter 5 in this paper book. God, I miss my Kindle. The motor? Yeah. Oh, so where we left off is I think they finally got to tour the uh, the torture room. It took forever to get there. Four chapters to finally get to the torture room. And we got there, and it uh, wasn't that exciting. Kind of boring. So, chapter five, the motor yacht, anchored close in the beach of Smuggler's Island, provided a million-dollar backdrop to where we sat on blankets on the sand. More like hippies in our jeans and checkered shirts than a millionaire's guess. Mm. Uh, The day was mild for that time of year in Maine, and the magic of uh, Dominic and his assistant seafood was out of this world. Oh, Dominic had steamed the clams on hot rocks and seaweed. Oh, they were the juiciest, most succulent clams I've ever tasted. Oh, the freshly caught cooked lobsters were were delicious, too. And 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 the sauces... For Dominic's seafoods were his, were his own his his own recipes. Oh, he had uh, baked fresh blueberry pie uh, while we explored the beach, and in its, its headlands, and the wines were from the Rinizi Italian estate. The men, including Shane, ate ravenously, and the wine made our outdoor clam bake a gay and talkative affair, except for Count Renizzi, who seemed unusually quiet. I noticed Yasmin and Oliver uh, back on their old familiar footing, with Jean Bethel competing with Oliver for Yasmin's interest. I thought that might be why Count Petro was in a less pleasant mood today, barely answering Adam Lester's and Shane's uncle's questions uh, him uh, about a gallows Luigi had mentioned as being on the island. Ah, they, uh, they much see, Count Radizzi said. Just framework, uh, a raised platform of, of, of logs, two upright posts, uh, and, uh, and a cost beam above where the trapdoor should be. But someone was hanged on it, Adam Lester persisted. Uh, there were two unmarked graves up there. Uh, nobody knows the story. Oh, it happened many years before them. The people of Italian blood moved into the village in 1920, possibly during the Civil War, or, uh, oh, much earlier. Uh, the headstones are uh, oh, long gone. I'd, I'd like to see it, Adam Lester said quickly. Count Radisi nodded. Luigi will direct you. Is there anyone else uh, who'd like to go? Oh, it's quite a rough walk. Luigi says I've never been there, and I don't think you should go alone, Adam, or stay long. Uh, we have a storm warning on the radio. Gale force winds are predicted this afternoon, and we must be inside Stormhaven before the storm comes. Shane? Shane smiled. Thanks, but I'm comfortable where I am, and the gallows never were my thing, Count. Count Renese smiled. Oliver, eh, do you mind? I agree with Shane, Oliver Grant said, getting up. But since you think Adam needs a, a chaperon, I'll go along. Yasmin, you want to come? Well, Yasmin never liked walking, but she got up at once, studying her. I wondered if the sudden change in character was intended to prove something, uh, that she would sooner go hiking over rough country with Oliver than stay behind in comfort, sipping wine with Count Renizzi. But Yasmin didn't make it. Count Renizzi said calmly, I'm sorry, Yasmin, but I must forbid that. She gave him an indignant stare. Forbid it, Petro? 
For your safety, of course, he smiled. The gallows are on high ground in the middle of the island. There's no uh, walk for a woman, and the, and the men might have to hurry back. Uh, see the clouds uh, coming up across uh, Periscope? Yeah, the gale might be closer than the weather bureau expects. Your presence would slow the men if the storm breaks and if they have to hurry back. Ugh, laborious, laborious women. The beach is so exposed that we might not be able to quickly take them off if the seas build quickly. I'm sorry, Yasmin. He turned to Adam Lester, smiling frankly. Adam, eh, you shouldn't let her go. I understood the surprise in Adam Lester's eyes. I've never heard him tell Yasmin what to do before, and Yasmin made her own decisions, and her husband always agreed automatically. And he was used to having Oliver or Jean Bethel take her place, uh, what he expect, ex- accepted that in that same way. Watching him, I realized he was seeing Calvernese suddenly as a third and unknown factor in their relationship with his wife. He frowned. But Habit was strong, so he agreed. Oh, I don't think he should come with us, Yasmin. The center of the island is just a pile of rocks. I saw it through the telescope from the East Tower this morning. Oh, you could fall, uh, get hurt. Eh, eh, for what? She was surprised, but agreed before she realized it. Then that settled, her husband said. And uh, we're wasting time, Luigi. Oh, here it is. Come on, Oliver, let's go. For a moment, I thought Oliver about to refuse. Then, with an apologetic glance toward Yasmin, he followed Adam Lester reluctantly. Jean Bethel moved closer to Yasmin as her husband and Oliver conferred with Luigi, while Luigi pointed a long arm, explaining the easiest way to their destination. Oh, oh, when I glanced at Conradese, oh, he was studying Oliver's broad shoulders as he stood listening resentfully to the gesticulating Luigi. Cavernese's dark eyes startled me as he benevolently looked at Oliver. Oh, it was, uh, it was as though Cavernese would have liked to plant one of uh, his medieval daggers between Oliver's shoulders. It was that kind of look. That's good writing. Let's go for a walk behind the beach, Megan, Shane suggested. After Dominic's clam bake, I need a little exercise. Yeah, yeah, because those clam bakes go straight to your hips. <laughs> Maybe you should go with your Uncle Shane. He laughed. You have to be kidding. To see two old posts, a crossbar and a hole in a wooden platform? Come on, Megan. Uh, we'll just watch Uncle Adam and Oliver. He pulled me to my feet. Okay, uh, I'm coming. I laughed. The same rules apply to you, too, Count Renese said, smiling at our laughter. Don't go far and hurry back if the weather changes. If you want to watch your Uncle Shane, try the high ground above the North Headland. Uh, you can see part of the gallows. Oh, it's a great flat rock. Burp. Just under the crest of the rocky outcrop up there. Shane thanked him with a grin. And we started out walking along the sandy beach toward the headland. Oliver had already followed Adam Lester into the stunted fir and spruce like a shrub-like honey locust trees above the beach. Behind us, when I glanced back, Count Renese was already moving in on Yasmin and Jean. I was pleasant walking Shane, and I let him take my hand as we strolled contentedly, like, uh, like two kids along a beach. Waves broke, seethed, and recoiled a few feet from us, and we were content to walk together in silence. Oh, I took off my sneakers and uh, carried them as I walked up to the edge of the water with my jeans rolled up. Mm, little hippie. Oh, the water was so cold it drove me out again, numbing my toes, and I laughed ruefully. 
We were at the rocks near the headland then, and I was glad to put my dry socks and sneakers back on and, and have Shane help me over the black rocks as we were slippery as wet glass. It was a steep climb to the top of the headland, but we had a glorious view of the castle Renese, perched on the cliffs on the west side of Penescott Bay. Uh, from this low smuggler's island shore, the castle looked huge and menacing, thrusting up its stone walls and the battlements of its towers as though to, uh, to guard and protect Stormhaven, which I could see is a narrow entrance to the far right of the castle. As we uh, rested from our climb, Shane looked back where, where Dominic worked over the dishes and the remnants of our clam bake. Uh, what did you think about that, Megan? Oh, the food is fantastic. You know, I I don't mean the food, he said. Yeah, sure, it was good, but you can't think of anything but your stomach. Well, now, wait a minute, I said indignantly. Uh, the, 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 they weigh you wolfed clams and lobster. Well, that's a mistyping. T-H-E-Y. They, they weigh you wolfed clams and lobster and blueberry pie and, and cream. Well, there she goes again, jeered. Food! If I ever marry her, I'm going to have to put... Well, that's a pretty bold statement. I have to put her on a diet before she bankrupts me. That's also a horrible thing to say. Oh, he yelped as I hit him. Hey, I can explain. You better have a good explanation. What makes you think she would marry you, I said. Uh, he had startled me, although I felt warm and affectionate about his remark. He changed the subject hurriedly. Seriously, Megan, I, I don't like what I, what I see happening. Count Renese isn't like Oliver Grant or Gene Bethel. Those two guys horse around, <laughs> gasping all the time. Oh, she loves it. <laughs> and Uncle Adam doesn't seem to mind. Uh, but they don't worry me the way Renese does. Oh, this guy's too intense about it. And he's too used to having his own way. I frowned. There isn't anything I can do about it, Shane. I didn't say there was, and, and I want to know what you think. You are a woman. I am not. I smiled. I noticed that. Happy <laughs> serious, Megan. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're worried, Shane, uh, it seems to me Gasman can control the situation, however it develops. She isn't encouraging the Count in any way that I could see, and maybe at first, because all this is new and strange to her that it is to me, uh, she was letting Petro show her things, but after all, we have to be nice to him. He's our host. And the best prospect as a client uh, your uncle has had since Oliver and Jean happened. Uh, but notice how she's turned back to Oliver and Jean now. I noticed, he said grimly. And how the Count sent Oliver off with Uncle Adam uh, to, so he could be alone with Yasmin. Oh, really, Shane, I said. Jean is also with her. And, of course, Luigi. This whole scene is so boring. And, of course, Luigi, Dominic, and all the other people from the castle. Want to bet, he said cynically. Take a look back there, Megan. What? I turned quickly to stare back along the beach, and there was no mistaking that the red hair blowing in the wind, or the slim man sitting beside Yasmin on the back seat of the runabout as it chugged out to the yacht, or, uh, or Jean Bethel standing discontentedly on the beach, watching them go while Dominic and his people packed away the dishes. Oh, so he's a persuasive man who can make people do little things he wants, I said quietly, watching them. Trap might be a better word, like the way Oliver contentedly went off with Uncle Adam to look at something Oliver didn't want to see. Nevertheless, Yasmin will still have this situation under control, I insisted. I hope you're right, Megan. This is getting weird. What are they... All right. Megan, uh... 
What do you think would happen to guys like Oliver and Jean if this was in the Middle Ages instead of now? Renizzi, if he wanted Yasmin. Or if it comes uh, to that, uh, what do you think would happen to Uncle Adam? Remembering Terror Keep and those horrible implements of torture, I shuddered involuntarily. Exactly, Shane said as though he had read my thought. Yasmin is a scatterbrained, conceited woman who will flirt with any presentable guy who looks at her. Oh, and many do that. And while Uncle Adam is a crazy character who loves to play with strange toys, <laughs> yeah, like, like racks, uh, hot irons, and uh, 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 guillotines, uh, but they happen to be all I have in the way of relatives. Between you and me, I like them. I wouldn't want anything unpleasant to happen to either of them. It always was difficult to know whether Shane Lester was joking or not. Uh, Adam wasn't the only crazy character in the Lester family. You don't really think uh, Count Renese would harm anyone, do you? I asked anxiously. Well, with that uh, cliffhanger, why don't we take a little break and and go over, uh, I don't know, an ad I can't think of a, a funny thing for, which is Doorglass Incorporated, D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. Ah, they're dedicated to fabricating professionally installing the highest quality glass products for the nation's top manufacturers. Oh, their inventory, combined with years of experience, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. They approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, uh, uh, and most importantly, they're discreet. For example... If you wanted to knock off a bunch of people that are getting in the way of your own precious Yasmin, well, then they might be able to help you create some sort of underground glass uh, cage or some sort of room that you can force these people into. Oh, but it looked nice. Hey, come into my greenhouse. I had this entire greenhouse constructed by Doorglass Incorporated. D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. Oh, why don't you go in and take a look at these plants? And then they walk in. They say, oh, these plants are fantastic. And then the floor drops out from them. And all these guys that are keeping you from your own precious Yasmin uh, will just drop into this glass room. Glass with on the other side of it is just dirt. So they think like, oh my god, I dropped in a dirt room. But it's actually, oh, it's pretty clean in here, actually. No bugs, because glass is impervious to insects crawling through. Uh, This is fine. But they still got a piss shit on the floor. Uh, What do they do? Commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation repair. They will design and build any greenhouse with a trapdoor where people fall into it and they have to stay there for days and days till they starve to death so that that way you can have your own precious Yasmin. The only drawback is you gotta get those corpses out of that glass room underground and clean up all the piss and shit. Uh, their clients, Pottery Barn, uh, Williams Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is a sandwich shop no one cares about, the Salt Cave, which is in Minneapolis. It's a tiny, weird little place that I've actually driven past and seen it. They have walls, walls made of Himalayan salt. Basically, they created a Himalayan salt room, like a lamp. It's all backlit, and it's just, oh, Christ. Every time I do the door glass commercial, you come wandering down. What? This is like the third episode where I do the door glass commercial, and you come wandering down. <laughs> what? The hell do you want? What? Do you have something you want to tell me? <laughs> I'm just going to turn my book again. Oh, which book is it? What, are you reading the same space book with the saran wrap? No. <laughs> 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 what are you reading now? I'm reading the the new one, the the normal people one, which is supposed to be very. And good. who's the author for the listeners' benefit? Oh Jesus Christ! I don't know. I think it's like Sally, Sally Rooney, maybe. 
Okay. I don't know. Is this the one that doesn't have any punctuations yes, when people are yes. talking? That's so frustrating. So it was I supposed to be, like, everyone thinks it's super good. It's like, you know, New York Times bestseller, like Barnes & Noble had it right there in the front uh, of My entire show, I complain about New York Times bestseller because it turns out you can pay your way onto that list. You're and not actually like a bestseller. And is there like a million of them? There's like yes. a bestseller for this category and that category. Yes. So it's like, it's so easy anything. to be. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. It's been around for years and it's been a grift from the beginning. But Go it was on. like right there on the table with other books <clears> I've read that are like, Pretty good, I guess. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I've heard of it. I guess I'll pick it up. No quotation marks. I hate Not it. one in sight. So even I'm when they think, like, is it even in italics when they have thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, oh dear God. It's like a shittier version of Jack <laughs> Kerouac. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so upsetting to me. And they're not good people, which is, like, the point, <laughs> right? Which sure. is fine. I'm, like, fine with characters that are not, like... Like the Great Gatsby. You can't be sympathetic with them because mm-hmm. they're not very good people. Yeah, they're But annoying. then I find out, like, 50 pages in, they're Irish! Okay. Do you hate Do you hate <laughs> the Irish? I'll get what's going no, on right now. This bo- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were bigoted towards yeah, the Irish. Yeah, <laughs> I hate the Irish. No, it's because they're trying to be... It's supposed to be, like, a super deep and introspective, like, it's trying to be... It's really trying to be something. You know what mm, I mean? Kind of like its own little tiny Ulysses by James Joyce. Yeah, it's trying to be like impactful and thoughtful and like oh. making you think about these characters and what. Sure. Okay, but then they're Irish, so they do these like really long paragraphs that are supposed to be able to be like, you know, quoted and like taken out of context and being like, look at this great quote. You know what I mean? The book was written for people to quote it? You, yeah, kind like, of. Like it's kind of like you look know at what this I'm cool thing. No. Or it's like they purposely word things in a way where if you take them out of context, they sound really like deep and meaningful. Oh. Are you okay. seriously telling me you never noticed that? No, I've never noticed Whatever. that. Whatever. So it's supposed to be like that, but then I'm picturing in my head these really long, like, supposed to be r- super deep quotes mm-hmm. in an Irish accent. And I'm just like... <laughs> 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 It'll be some really deep quote about how, like, no one really knows anyone and, like... Oh, really? You, like, your whole life is ending. This is like start, Instagram you know post I mean? kind of shit. Yeah. it's, like, Irish. <laughs> Do you want to try and do an Irish no, accent? No, I do not. <laughs> do you want to give me a sample in your best I'll Irish accent? I'll leave that to Mr. Um, Daredevil. Mr. Daredevil? Instead. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but that was a real big shock to me. It's amazing how many books you read that you don't really like. But then towards the end, you're like, well, it wasn't bad. And then you'll get another from the same author and be like, this one also sucks. And well, at the end, you're like, well, I guess it wasn't the worst. Yeah. You it's stop torturing I yourself. I pay for them, so I, I can't just stop reading them. I have to read all of it, even if it's horrible. Biggest mistake of your life. Uh, your grandpa, my dad, taught me one trick, which <laughs> is if you're not into a book, you can stop reading it and go read a different book, which you already do. But they're so but he's like, if you don't like a book, just don't read it. Why are you torturing yourself? And once he gave me that permission, I stopped reading books all the way through for the rest of my life. I don't think I've finished a book in years. I know, but I'm a happier man. Yeah. Well, the main character in this book is supposed to be like, you know, the best person ever. Like, he's the most popular kid in school. He gets really good grades. He's super nice. Everyone loves him. And then he's like a football star. So I'm thinking, like, why would you identify I'll with this character? Does up. he have any conflicts? Yes, but oh, good. but he's supposed to be. I was thinking like this is before I knew he was Irish. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you're classic, like all American, whatever. Yeah, football star, going big places. Who cares? <laughs> Until they go. And then then he went re- back to his home in Dublin. No. You go, whoa, and you throw the book across the and room. And then I realize he's Irish, and I just like have to rethink the entire thing. Oh I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's a, he plays soccer. Yeah. People. Do they say soccer in the no, book? No, they call oh, it football. Okay. That's why I was confused, but. They all love him and think he's the coolest, but he plays soccer. It's cool over there. (laughs) 
If you weren't so bigoted towards the Irish, you'd understand. I should have known when he called it a car park. I should have known. A car park. All right, I got to finish this damn ad. Uh, And, oh, so Salt Cave, don't touch the walls. You can see it on their website. Whatever you do, don't touch the goddamn walls. They spent a lot of money putting those Himalayan salt lamps up. And if you touch them, you just get your greasy fingerprints all over them. And Applebee's. Well, with that, why don't we, uh, I don't know, the kids out of the room, sneak upstairs to my master bedroom and we'll just spread out on the silken sheets of my romantic waterbed that's uh, heart-shaped. Sure, why not? And uh, we can whisper to each other quietly as we pull at each other and tickle and fight a little bit as we learn about the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Hold on, I'm coming. I just had to get a another ham's beer. Uh, oh, oh, uh, the hell are you wearing? It's a black cat costume with a witch's hat. And uh, what do you what do you got there? A, a copy of your resume? Why the hell would I want that? Ah, uh, now you're gesturing with your oversized paw towards the bed where there's a book there called "Go Hex Yourself" by Jessica Clare. It's a contemporary romance book. Uh, it uh, says about Go Hex Yourself, one of Amazon's best romances of April. Goodreads, most, an- Goodreads, most anticipated April romances. Pop sugars, ugh, romance novels for when you need a little spice. Culture's April romance to have on your spring TBR. <clears throat> it's one hex of an attraction ugh, in this romantic comedy from New York Times bestselling author, see, told you, Jessica Clare. When Reggie Johnson answers a job ad in the paper, oh, she starts to find that he's uh, that she's not applying to work at her favorite card game, Spellcraft, the Magic King. Ugh. Instead, she's applying to be an actual familiar for an actual witch. What, a human familiar? Is that a thing? I didn't know that was even a thing. As in... Real magic. This is just like this is just slavery. I don't get what's going on. The new job has a few perks. A great oh, oh! My daughter is coming to the master bedroom where I read romance books reviews. Get out! Get out! Get out of my master bedroom! <laughs> well, that was awkward. That's gonna scar uh, scar her for the rest of her life. Seeing you in your cat outfit while I read about this romance novel. Oh, God, where did I leave off? <laughs> the new job has a few perks. Guest room and board, uh, excellent pay, and she's uh, apprenticing to a powerful witch. Ah, uh, sure, she's a, uh, a bit eccentric. Yeah, and sure, there was that issue with the black cat, Reggie. Uh, would prefer to forget about... Oh, what the hell happened there? That sounds ominous and gross and adult. Uh, the biggest problem, however, is warlock Ben Magnus. Her employer's nephew and the most arrogant, insufferable, maddening man ever to cast a spell. Reggie, Reggie, bleh, absolutely hates him. Ah, he's handsome. But he's also bossy and irritating and orders her around. Oh, Ben's, Ben's butt might look good in a crystal ball vision. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But that's about as far as it goes. Uh, but when someone with a vendetta targets the household, she finds herself working with Ben to break a deadly curse. Now you're just familiar. What, are you powerful now? Apparently, uh, when they're not fighting like cats and dogs, things get downright bewitching. <laughs> you can find that at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, Indebound, Powell's Target, uh, and Walmart. Oh, I forgot to say the date. It's coming out April 19th. Nobody cares. Well, with that... Uh, my kid busting into the room. I would have, 
I would have tried to work with the cat outfit. I would have uh, did a whole bit where I read your resume and go, hmm, well, your resume isn't as strong as I hoped, but if you really want this job, maybe you have to... Oh, for something else. Uh, and then, you know, you'd lick your paws. Uh, and then it could have gotten hot. This could have actually worked. But then my daughter bust into the room and ruined it. Well, with that, why don't we uh, just get downstairs, for Christ's sake, finish reading this book. Ah, well, that was jarring, and I feel gross. I feel like I'm going to have to do some therapy with my child after that. <clears throat> Where do we leave off? You don't really think Count Radizzi would harm anyone, do you? I asked anxiously. Uh, maybe not, he said grimly, but I think he really wants one woman, Yasmin, and I'd hate to be standing between them. After all, he does come from a long line of aristocrats, uh, used to getting their own way. Vera, the very barons who used those torture relics Luigi demonstrated for our amusement, but they use them in a more realistic way for extortion, uh, mutilation, murder, and every other crime in the calendar. In the calendar? Including the rape of any woman that they wanted uh, who wasn't willing. That's kind of how rape works. Shane, he isn't like that. Oh, don't you count on it. Yeah, he warned me. He got up off his rock and pulled me up with him. Let's see how Uncle Adam and Oliver are making out, shall we? Climb to the high ground. Uh, behind the headland, Petro suggested. Let's do that. Uh, they're in no immediate danger unless he plans to maroon them on Smuggler's Island to slowly die of uh, oh, starvation and cold and, uh, oh, and boredom with each other. Ha ha ha. Four dots. And then end quote. Oh, they talk uh, racehorses and arguing about uh, that would uh, keep them warm. I giggled, remembering how Adam, Lester, and Oliver did just that all the time in Maryland. Oh, he laughed at me, and the tension faded as we climbed the steep slope above the headland. Burp. There was dead and stunted grass that would uh, vanish with the first snow of winter. It was better than climbing the rocks uh, to the headland, less treacherous. Oh, we reached the crest and stopped to catch our breath and stare back. Our, our, our picnic place looked small now with the toy figures of Dominic and his people carrying their stuff to the water's edge. Uh, the, the runabout was returning to the beach, and I noticed the Count and Yasmin were being served drinks under the aft canopy on the yacht and the, and the light glinted on glass four dots yeah why'd you finish the sentence with four dots that makes no sense yasmin and count renizzi are watching us through binoculars i said drawing away from him i added we should have brought a pair up here he laughed yeah <laughs> want me to give them something to look at yeah <laughs> and he grabbed me and kissed me and added uh, something like that uh, question mark again question mark no Exclamation point. I protested breathly, uh, uh, breathlessly, detaching myself, and stop being silly. They're not the ones watching. Something just glinted in the light up on the tower of the castle. Someone up there is watching us through the telescope. Well, now who would that be? He asked, frowning as he sought the telltale glint of light on the polished glass that I'd seen. That was really a weird way of describing that. Laborous. Laborous. I see it. Uh, but who? Uh, what's the matter? Who? One of the maids, perhaps. Maybe it's Carla checking up on you, I suggested maliciously. Maybe Carla checking up on the Count, he said. 
Whoever's up there with that telescope can see the whole island, and they don't have to be looking at us, Megan. He turned around uh, toward the rocky hill in the center of the island. Hey, can you see the gallows? Eh, neither can I. Suppose we climb that rock to our left. We might see it from there. Burp. I went with him obediently. He had to help me climb to the top of the rock over gravel and loose stones. But once there, it was firm and level. We stared together. Stared? We stared. We stared together at the jumbled rock pile, searching four dots. There it is, he said triumphantly. I don't know why stared caught me. It tripped me up. It's a completely normal sentence, and I just suddenly, my brain farted. My aneurysm gave a little little pinch, and then I got all screwed up. There it is, he said triumphantly. And there they are, not far below the scaffold. Uh, where? I demanded, frustrated, because I still couldn't find it. Uh, uh, see the, uh, see the birch tree? Uh, the one growing in the crevice between the two big rocks? Uh, yes, this is a really boring conversation. Yes, but I can't see, uh, look left from the birch and higher up. Uh, I see the men. <laughs> it's so detailed. The gallows are just above them. Oh, they're almost there, and you can see it, uh, much more plainly than the Count thought. And I can see the platform. It's on post. You can see beneath it. Got it now? Got it! I stared at the two small climbing figures. I, I don't see how they're, they're going to get up there. Oh, maybe they won't try, he suggested, hopefully. Well, then you don't know your uncle. Photos, he said he wanted. Photos he'll get. If he has to climb one of the posts, uh, like a schoolboy. Yeah, he chuckled. <laughs> That's Uncle Adam, yeah, but he's going to have to do that. There must be a ladder there. Uh, or steps of some kind. Oliver has found them. Oliver started to climb, and while Adam Lester waited below, steadying the steps for him as though it were a ladder, I could see Shane's uncle leaning back to stare up as Oliver reached the platform and carefully stood up on it. Adam Lester, yeah, was taking his camera from around his neck, and he went back along the base of the huge rock against which the gallows were built. Sighting the camera, Oliver looked up at the posts and crosspiece, obviously posing for the picture. Adam took it and waved Oliver further back toward the gallows itself. Adam began to climb. No doubt he wanted close-ups of the gallows itself and the drop. Oliver turned, examining the mechanics and strangulation curiously. It, it happened then as we both watched Oliver while Shane's uncle climbed to join him. One moment, uh, Oliver was there, standing at the crossbeam, with his hand on one of the uprights. The next moment, uh, Oliver and the gallows post were gone, falling together with the logs of the platform under the space below the drop where once convicted had choked or had their necks broken at the end of a hangman's noose. I heard Shane gasp, and I cried out in fear. Dust rose from where the logs had fallen, and we heard the sound rumble in menacing echoes from the caves somewhere among the rocks. A few logs and stones were still falling, rolling farther down till they jammed among the rocks below. But most of the logs lay in a heap below where the gallows had been, and Oliver was there! Exclamation point. Shane! Exclamation point. Your uncle! Exclamation point. I gasped. Adam Lester was still there, clinging to the steps he had been climbing, one hand gripping the framework from which the platform logs had fallen. Uh, uh, he's okay. Seriously? Shane muttered. Now nah, he isn't moving. That makes sense. He's just three dots hanging there. I know, but he can't be hurt. Uh, just shocked. There. He started to climb down and help Oliver. Oh, it's Oliver, and we, we don't have to worry about Megan. Uh, he has to be badly hurt if he survived the fall. Oh, he could be under the logs. 
Uh, they could have fallen on him, but I've got to help Adam, uh, Uncle Adam, get him out. Megan, and uh, give him what the first day we can. I didn't read that weird. I got to help Uncle Adam out, comma, Megan, comma, and give him what first day we can. I'll come with you. No, well, I want to help. Uh, the best you can do is by going back to the clan bay for help. <laughs> And that would take more men than your uncle and me to move some of those laws. Tell Luigi what happened. And uh, and that someone will have to inform the Count. Oh, Luigi and the others are up to get there quickly as they can. Tell Luigi I can see the way I can get through from here. Can you do that? I nodded. Be careful, Shane. You be careful, I said. And don't try to hurry till you're down on the, on the sand. I don't want you hurt, Megan. He was turning away. Shane! He hesitated. Yes. I don't want you hurt either, Shane, I said. Once on the way down, that was pithy, I forgot and began to hurry. And the next thing I knew, I was lying on my side with a bleeding hand and a a grazed knee uh, just above a ten-foot drop. I got up shakily. It's, again, dumb women. That's what this story wants to tell you. Don't trust them. They just get in the way and they hold you up. I got up shakily and uh, went more carefully. Shane had vanished into the trees below the rocky hill, and I had to rest on the beach, for my knees were still shaking from my fall and the fright it had given me. Ah, the men at the clam bake. I love that there's still a clam bake going on. We're smoking and talking unconcernedly near where the runabout had just been reached. Uh, on, on the yacht, I saw Comrade Easy put down his binoculars and pick up his drink. He touched Yasmin's glass with his and began to drink. I frowned. He must have seen Shane and me and my scramble alone down the headlong where he's calmly drinking. Oh, oh, I would have thought he'd realize something was wrong, but uh, perhaps he'd been looking in a different direction. I got up and remembered the watcher in the castle tower. As I stared at the tower, I caught again the gleam of light on polished glass. The watcher in the tower was still there. It could have seen all that happened. Hadn't Adam Lester said that you could see the gallows hill uh, quite plainly from the tower? Thinking it was a pity the towers of Castle Renese weren't closer, I began to run over to the sand toward the men grouped around the clam bake. Well, that's a great way to end that chapter. I'm glad that the clam bake is the focus of this entire story. Uh, With that, why don't we retire to the smoking room? We can review what the hell we just read. Ah, there you are. Yeah, why don't you get yourself all settled here in the smoking room? Um, I just got a text from my dad. When I was in uh, Italy, I went to Pompeii, and uh, one of the... Oh, I forgot about that part of the bit. The bird bit. Uh, one of the things that they had in Pompeii at the gift shops was uh, stone penises. Uh, big ones with wings on them and little balls, and sometimes feet and weird uh, decorations. The purpose of that was... Senators, rich people, ancient people of Rome uh, were very superstitious, much like Stephen King. And they said, uh, uh, I don't like when people look at me with jealousy about how wealthy I am. I think it curses me. It's the evil eye. When they look at me with jealousy, they're giving me the evil eye. So they're trying to do stuff to distract the evil eye. So they'd wear on like a, uh, like a necklace a giant stone penis. So that way, when some poor person walks by and looks at this guy in nice clothes and gives him the evil eye, like, I hate you for having nice clothes, sees the penis, goes, ah, and looks away. Uh, and that was a whole thing for a while there. Wards off the evil eye. 
So uh, I bought one for my dad. It's a it's a little boy with two penises, big, big, long penis, just standing there like he's gonna pee, but these two big penises coming out. When I was at the gift shop, I said to the guy, uh, "He's closing up," and I'm like, "Oh, you still gonna sell anything?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I'll sell you something." And I said, uh, "Can I get two sweaters uh, for my kids uh, that say Pompeii on them, the hoodies?" And then I said, "Also," and he goes, "Okay, is there anything else you want to go?" "Uh, yeah, I need penises." And he goes, "Ah, yes, come, come." So. He brought me over to this selection of penises, and now everyone I know gets penises. My dad's got a penis. My uh, my my sister, my brother-in-law got a penis with wings on it, and I'm going to give one to another friend. Uh, the point of all this, well, my dad just sent me a picture where he took the little boy penis, and he turned it into a necklace, and he was wearing it. He took a picture of him wearing the little boy necklace penis because, uh, you know, when he goes to Costco, he doesn't want anyone giving him the evil eye. Uh... And also, now he just sent me another picture. He's put it next to a, a clock. I guess that's where the penis is going to reside from now on. So that was adorable. What do we learn uh, in this? Well, Count Renizzi really likes Yasmin. And Count Renizzi gets what he wants. So uh, pretty much the whole chapter is just Count Renizzi crawling all over Yasmin. A storm is coming. Uh, like a bunch of nine-year-olds, all these guys want to go check out this, like, authentic gallows sitting up on a hill somewhere, and, uh, and they, they, that's pretty much it. It's like, oh, the storm's coming, if you gotta go see it, hurry up. And then the, then the, the nine-year-old boys say, oh, well, we can do it, because we're boys. But don't want any girls to come with, because they're slow and stupid, and they'll hold us up, and we're gonna get caught in the rain. So that was weird. That's pretty much it. Then you see one of them, I've got his name, Frank, I guess. Ugh. Uh, he fell down. He went up to the gallows. The whole gallows fell apart, and then he fell into this little uh, crevasse. Uh, what's good? Nothing. The women are treated horribly. Uh, the men are aggressive sexually, and uh, the chapter was boring. This book has turned out to be a lot more boring than I expected it to be. I wanted to be a classic gothic horror romance. No, it's nothing. It's just horrible so far. What sucks? Exactly what I just said. Uh, the women are treated horribly, and uh, it's a, a story from the woman's point of view written by a man, so it's just not working out. They go, ah, well, don't run too fast on the rocks. You're going to fall down. And the woman goes, oh, okay, I won't. And then, of course, the male author writing this, like, and then I ran too fast and I fell down and almost killed myself. I'm a, I hate it. So uh, what do we learn? Uh, male authors writing from a female perspective with a female name are sexist. And also that my kid's been basically just part of the show now. I don't know why she doesn't just make it official. But uh, with that, thanks for listening. And uh, I will be back next week with, uh, with the next chapter. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from the Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name 
instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's gotta be one left. 